This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Eric Stokeby, Fourth Generation, Missouri Meerschaum, and ThisPipeLife.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, good evening to you, sir. How you doing? (laughs) You know, I'm doing well. Just dropping matches all over the place and having trouble lighting my pipe. You know, no big deal. No no big, man. (laughs) How are uh, are you this Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, man. It's uh, doing doing well. You know, uh, of course, as you mentioned, it is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we would be remiss if we did not uh, pay pay a little respect to the... uh, uh, men and women who have uh, have fought and uh, and in, in some instances, many instances, died uh, for the freedoms that you and I enjoy here in the uh, United States as American citizens. And uh, big thanks to all of our, our servicemen and women who are tuning in. Those of you who are also families of servicemen and women, uh, we salute you as well. So thank you all so much. Absolutely. Uh, just just know that, uh, you know, Bo and I, we obviously this is a pipe and tobacco centered uh, podcast. We talk about a lot of different things, but we, we couldn't have the freedom to do what we do without those that serve us overseas and abroad. So, um, you know, whether you're a service member uh, at home or uh, stationed abroad, or if you're a service member even of another country that, uh, you know, loves peace and, and all that, uh, we, we salute you and, uh, and Bo and I thank God for you. Absolutely. So, yep. Absolutely. Well, we get a little touching right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. It's a, it's a, it's an important day. It's one of those days, you know, people like, wish you a uh, a happy memorial day and it's like it, it well i know i am going to be grilling tonight and i probably i might <laughs> i might eat watermelon and i might go to the pool uh-huh. but should should it be a happy memorial day i guess so yeah, no, I mean, you know, you, you want to remember fondly. <laughs> yeah, you, just, sure. you, you remember, you remember how you. Yeah, it's, it, you need to be thoughtful about it. I got to tell you, man. <laughs> I, I will say this: just on a just on a Monday holidays, on the whole, are rough for those of us like yourself. I mean, you're you're an entrepreneur now. I mean, well, I mean, you always. Oh, have, I was but, up here working. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, man. For for many of us, uh, you know, mon- the, those uh, those Monday holidays. Uh, are great for the uh, rememory uh, aspect, but not necessarily from getting away from work. But yeah, for those of you yeah. who uh, were able to enjoy your day and are yet still uh, taking the time to join us here on the live show at CountrySquireRadio.com, yeah. we really appreciate you guys and uh, uh, for being here. I bet there's some folks uh, listening and watching right now that uh, that are grilling steak. Or like mm. you know, big old chicken legs or something, something like that. Oh my gosh! If yeah, you're doing know. that, take a picture and we will retweet that. And, and I think I, I, you, you said you ate maybe some popcorn today, and, <laughs> and I think I ate. Right. Let's see, this morning I ate some raisin bran. Yeah, we don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just think of that sizzling steak right now. It's delicious. I think I'll have some more whiskey here. (laughs) (laughs) Get some fajitas waiting when I get home. Hey, um, you know, I'm going to do uh, something that I think is probably a little bit dangerous, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to cross the streams here for just a moment, if you'll allow me. Yeah, sure. All right. So I do another podcast called Flash TV Talk about the CW's Flash, which uh, just had its season finale uh, this last past week. We had a great show about it. We got a live call-in show coming up this week. That's not actually what I want to make mention of. What I do want to make mention of is that through that show, we've connected with the folks at this video game called DC Universe Online. Okay. Uh, this is like a mass multiplayer, kind of like World of Warcraft, but set in the DC Universe. Okay, we, this is not a, something you can get on your uh, Xbox or no, PlayStation. you, you actually to, can. Oh, you, you yeah. can. Okay, it's not just on a computer, though. And see, that's the cool thing. They recently released the game on Xbox uh, Lives uh, in, within like the last couple of weeks, even. And, uh, and as part of that, they actually sent us some free stuff to give away. And so we, Awesome swag! Yeah, we've been giving away some free stuff on Flash TV Talk, but I wanted to let you guys know, if, if you're interested in 
playing that game at all. I know we got a lot of gamers over here. Yeah. Uh, hence the the desire to cross the streams. Uh, but if you are interested, if you play DC Universe Online, take a screenshot of your character. We're doing a costume contest, if you will. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, take a screenshot of it. Tweet it into at Flash TV Talk. That'll enter you into the running. And, That's uh, awesome. And yeah, hopefully we'll be giving away uh, DC Universe Online Ultimate Edition. It's like a couple of episodes, a lot of digital goods. Man, it's like that's almost great. $100 value. It's crazy. So we're really, really excited to be uh, be doing that. But anyway, I, I did. I wanted to give our listeners here the opportunity to win as well. Don't tell them. Don't tell those other listeners of FTVT, of Flash TV <laughs> Talk, that I told you guys about it. Exactly. But, you know, we're close like that. So I got to hook you up. Your first love. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> to some extent, that's absolutely true. Hey, man, what's uh, what's going on around here? Lots of exciting stuff happening. Uh, we're going to have a couple of announcements come out over the next couple of days that um, I, I think will be of, of interest to people that are you know fans of the Squire and, and Country Squire Radio. So uh, more about that. We'll probably uh, probably features that some next week. Um, uh, but then uh, majorly uh, in the next several days, we've got a big Father's Day event that's yeah. going to come up. Uh, so we've got our friends from uh, Fourth Generation Pipes, which we'll talk about here momentarily. And, uh, and Kamoi Pipes, uh, they are actually going to come to the Country Squire on uh, June 16th at uh, from 5 to 8 p.m. and do an event that night. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to have all kinds of pipes for sale, uh, tons and tons of giveaways. Uh, fourth generation probably has some of the coolest leather goods in the pipe world right now that they've been giving away. So think like, you know, messenger bags that are all set up for your tin tobacco and your pipe, uh, oh, you know, pipe stuff and just, uh, you know, all this really, really cool kind of uh, fashion forward stuff that. Uh, you know, in in the pipe world for leather goods, it's really awesome, really exciting. Yeah. So, but uh, have some awesome fourth generation pipes, and uh, of course the new rebooted Kamoi brand that will be here. And uh, yeah, we're we're excited about it. lots of free tobacco be, being given away and uh, things like that. So that's on June sixteenth at uh, from five to eight p.m. Sounds awesome, man. Here at the Country Squire. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Hey, I uh, want to give you guys a heads up about a show that we've got coming up. You know, uh, we, we do special shows from time to time where we try to encourage a little bit more extra engagement on topics and that sort of thing. We want to reach out specifically to you if you're listening right now and you are uh, a member of a pipe club or if you're the leader of a pipe club, maybe you've got a uh, pipe shop, maybe you're the owner of a pipe shop and, and maybe you're in the process of putting together a pipe club. Uh, we want to encourage you that we have got an episode coming up here in the next couple of weeks where we want to do basically a pipe clubs around the world. Uh, it'll be a very different styled episode than anything we've ever done before. But the goal is to actually engage with you and your pipe club live while we're actually recording the show. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah so kind of do like an ask me anything uh, type of deal that you might see on Reddit, except mm-hmm. doing so in kind of a, in, in a podcast style format. Some of the thought behind this is yeah. that we will ask out to those of you tuning in some questions that we'll be looking for the pipe communities to send in their responses and, and share that around and, and really kind of uh, drive that sense of community throughout these different pipe clubs uh, scattered around the country and, and perhaps even the world. So uh, I want to encourage you, if if you're not doing so already, Monday nights when we record this show, it's a great uh, excuse to get your pipe club together anyway, uh, but we'll let you know specifically the date when we're doing that show so that you can kind of plan out, make sure your pipe club uh, knows when they need, when and where they need to be in order to kind of tune in as a group. You'll probably want to designate somebody as your main uh, tweeter or something of that nature. We'll make sure that we can uh, get specifically which pipe club is sending in the information. Yeah. We, the other benefit too is, is hopefully to, to give you guys a platform to, to communicate to the audience overall that, Hey, we're, we're here. If you happen to be in this you know, Chicago area or this Ohio area or, or wherever you might be based out of, right. uh, giving listeners a, a way to find out like, Oh, I'd 
that, that's like an hour away. I should check them out. So anyway, all that to say, uh, we look forward to doing that. More details to come. But in the meantime, just want to give you a heads up. Uh, and, and it's a good practice anyway. If, if you're not already tuning in on the Monday nights for the live show with your pipe club, hey, it's a great, great excuse to get together. So. We've had a lot of uh, a lot of listeners too, just kind of, you know, find out about each other. I know we've talked about this on air before, but like in the comments under some of our uh, you know, posts and, you know, even in the comments and YouTube and whatnot, people will kind of connect the dots. Oh, I, I live in the same town that right. you do. Or, oh, I'm over there once a week and I didn't even know y'all had a shop. Like, I, <laughs> you know, things like this. And so, it, you know, it's a it's a good way to connect, uh, you know, the dots for people that might be sitting in your area right now, but aren't familiar with, uh, you know, your pipe community. And, and you want to get that out. Well, you know, I actually had Beardcore doing customer service on one of my periscopes. <laughs> Did you hear about this? No. Like, we were periscoping in Chicago and like people are tweeting, you know, I guess, making comments in and on the video and uh beardcore is one of the, the viewers and he sees somebody that he recognizes uh-huh. their user hand like oh i haven't sent you your t-shirt yet so they're having this conversation about their <laughs> transaction while i'm sitting here talking about the pipes and the show and everything else and i'm like seriously guys is this really what we're doing <laughs> become a vehicle for their customer service i'm just <laughs> saying it's better, a lot better than comcast well, hey, that's, that's true. <laughs> Beardcore is greater than Comcast. I, I like it. I like, that's that's a t-shirt right there. That's a t-shirt right there. Way well, hey, man, we've got a uh, wonderful show that we're going to be talking about tonight. But first, you've already kind of given a a little bit of a tease. But of course, Fourth Generation is a, is a sponsor of this show. That's right. And one of the things we love to do is actually not just have a brand sponsor the show like Fourth Generation, but also a product sponsor the show so that we can tell you a little bit about what's going on with a particular brand. And in this case, it's Fourth Generation and their pipe and tobacco this week week that we're discussing is actually the nine I'm sorry yeah 1982 1982 fourth generation pipe it's a beautiful beautiful pipe it's probably my favorite of all the different shapes that uh that our friend uh Eric and and fourth generation came out with uh but it, it's got uh, just kind of a straight Dublin shape. Uh, we're talking kind of a chunky, straight Dublin here, which is the uh, you know signature fourth generation band that you expect uh, right around the you know the end of the shank there uh, at the pipe uh, where the pipe meets the stem, and it's just a just a beautiful um, a beautiful pipe, very elegant, uh, large. Again, you kind of have that Danish flair, uh, nice uh, thick rimmed walls on that bowl, but uh, they come in four finishes that you would think from uh, from all the fourth generation pipes: the mature orange finish, a burnt sienna. A natural uh, vintage finish and a dark porter finish. Of course, that dark porter is uh, is really set apart. It's got just that real kind of handsome, heavy sandblast on there, mm-hmm. so the texture really stands out. But um, but anyway, brought to you tonight by 1982 fourth generation pipe, which is that beautiful Dublin, and uh, and also the 1982 uh, tobacco, which is their uh, centennial blend. Yeah, uh, centennial blend. Uh, I'll read you the description. It celebrates. Our family's 100-year anniversary in the tobacco business, and I believe you will truly enjoy this mixture. The 1982 is slow-burning, uh, comprised of Golden Virginia's sweet and soft mild black Cavendish, light burleys, and blended with small plugs of navy flake mm. to ease the burning. I love that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, French vanilla and blackberry top dressing is added as a final step, uh, creating an outstanding room note and a distinctive taste experience. And uh, the 1982 Centennial Blend, of course, is available in a 40-gram tin. So. Yeah, and you know his his tins are so awesome. I think I've mentioned before. But, yeah, uh, I've uh, I've got some fourth generation tobacco that has been added to my cellar, and there's a, there is a sense of pride both with uh, with his tobaccos and his pipes that you get because you're talking about a, a high quality product. Yeah, uh, big thanks, of course, to Eric Stokeby and the good folks at Fourth Generation. If you haven't checked it out yet, you need to. It's fourthgentobacco.com. That's right, and that's uh, the number four. That's right. That's right. All right, man. So here we sit on a, a weekend which we celebrate our heroes. And how do we do it? We talk about villains. We talk. 
<laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> oh, yes. As we mentioned before, we're taking you back to the 1700s, a day and age where pirates owned the seven seas, scaling around the oceans, the deep blue for tobacco. And I, I'm going through a lot of different... Yeah, I was about to say, like, the, the, the pirate became Scottish all of a sudden. Hey, but, man, there were Scottish but, pirates. No, no, there were. But that, that was just... Yeah, that was, that was, that was excellent. Yeah. I, uh, I, um, <laughs> this, is, this is one of those episodes where we get just the... Uh, the the Bo York the thespian, you know, <laughs> that that probably should have spent some time, uh, you know, I don't know, on Broadway or something. That's you know that is actually on my bucket list, by the way. To be uh, to, to be a thespian. To, to, well, I'm a thespian. Actually, I'm a bisectional thespian. You've never known this about me, but I could sing uh, what, both tenor hold, and hold on, hold on. alto. Hit your hit your record button right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you're at. <laughs> okay, continue, Bo. <laughs> Now tell me about your experience as a bith- uh, no, 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 no. I, uh, bisexual <laughs> thespian. This was a thing. We're in a musical. You had uh, uh, bass, tenor, alto, and uh, and soprano. And back in the day, I can't get there anymore. But back in the day, I could do both uh, tenor and uh, and alto. I was one of the few men that could actually do alto. Some would not consider that bragging rights. I did. It was. Uh, I had a beautiful voice. You, you have a beautiful voice. I can go to bass now. Did, I'm still bisexual. So, I, I, you know, I'm one of these people. Bisexual. What? Yeah. What do you think I said? Pirates, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're Let's talking talk about. Let's talk about this some week. pirates. <laughs> <laughs> we got a great, great uh, topic. So, if you think back, actually, to I think two years ago, honestly, I think it was actually that long ago. Yeah, when we first uh, breached the topic of uh, pipe tobacco during the golden age of piracy. That's right. Yeah, uh, we that kinda, was a fun episode. It was it's going really, way back, though. Yeah, it was. A, you know, for that, it was actually an entry point for a lot of listeners because of there is this interest and in, uh, in kind of this romantic imagery that yeah. comes along with kind of the pirate yeah. on a deck of a ship or sitting on the <laughs> beach, you know, looking over his vast gold and smoking his pipe tobacco. And, uh, Drinking some grog or yeah. some rum. Right. Well, and the funny thing is, back then, when we looked into it in kind of a, a, a general broad overview of uh, pipe tobacco uh, during the golden age of piracy, um, you know, we, we kind of talked a lot about the fact that, well, if you think about kind of what was going on at the time, yes, this was a trade good that was often uh, carried over the ocean. But yeah. how, how yeah. could pirates even smoke all that much, uh, given the fact that, you know, they're on a big wooden ship Yeah, <laughs> with gunpowder in, in a very breezy uh, uh, uh environment yeah <laughs> but the fact of the matter is you know tobacco really did uh shape the world in that day and age mm-hmm. because of the way that trade was going and trade very much shaped uh the era of piracy that sure. was declared as the golden age yeah um I, some some little fun facts that uh, i i want to send your way so um you're familiar with the term buccaneer uh yeah you know i'm I, I've heard it. Obviously, I don't really know anything about it, though. Yeah, there's int- there's there's, uh, there's words often associated with pirates. Of course, pirates, privateers, mm-hmm. buccaneers, that sort of thing. Uh, buccaneer was actually a term that came from uh, these these individuals that were kind of shipwrecked and and kind of living in this kind of in these woods. They would actually barbecue meat on a certain type of wood called boucan. Okay, and so okay. they were they were referred to as Buccaneers or buccaneers. Really? Yeah, because of their their style of barbecue. I've never. <laughs> that's that's a really random way to get a nickname. Yeah. I know, right? But it, it's uh, there. You go. There's there is your Memorial Day tie into barbecue. Right there you there. go. There you go. Buccaneers. <laughs> that's all you get. Yeah. No. Oh, all right. So I want to start off uh, just by by kind of sharing a little fun fact right then and there. But but as we talk about it today, I want to talk about it through the lens of of one particular pirate uh, in 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 individual in piratedom in piratedom uh and i'm going to start this actually by going back to uh forbes magazine where they actually did a uh, top 10 list of the highest earning pirates of the day 
which okay. sounds like a Forbes thing. Okay. Of course. Uh, now, now, before I even like looking at this list, if, if I had to ask you to name some pirates right here and now, uh, who would you be able to name? And I'm not talking about you know oh. Johnny Depp. You got to name actual historical. Oh, pirates. I don't uh, like Blackbeard. Okay. Or uh, that's the one. <laughs> like uh, it, it. Oh man, Sir Francis Drake. Is, Francis Drake yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I guess, was a pirate. And then you got uh, da- was Davy Jones a pirate? Was he a pirate? I no. I don't know. <laughs> he had a locker though. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's good. That's good. Uh, no, all right. So Francis Drake and. Uh, it, most people are going to say Blackbeard. In fact, yeah. uh, Blackbeard, uh, probably most famous because he was so good at branding himself. Sure. You know, the, the, yeah, he had a, he had kind of a, a thing going where it was, um, almost like a signature calling card type thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, would, he, he pushed his own brand. He would, he would light, um, you know, the wicks, like cannon wicks into his beard and light it on fire when going into battle to give him the appearance of the devil. Like he, he, he was big <laughs> on making sure that everyone feared him and knew his name. Mm-hmm. Even though, while a successful pirate in his own right, you know, when you look at the top 10 earners, uh, you might yeah. see a lot of names that are not necessarily as recognizable. Yeah, yeah. Um, right up at the top is a, a pirate named Samuel uh, Bellamy, uh, who went by the name of Black Sam. He was actually the most f- successful pirate, uh, earning in today's dollars $120 million, Wow. Uh, in, in the gross of his pirate career. Which, I mean, if you think like, it, you know, for an illegal, uh, you know, uh, trade, I mean, this is something like, I mean, you don't, you know. It'd be it'd be hard to steal enough stuff to make 120 million. Oh yeah, man! I mean, it's huge. <laughs> uh, after him, Sir Francis Drake with 115 million. Uh, Thomas Two, John uh, Bowen, uh, both of the are Thomas Two with 103 million. John Bowen 40 million. And then there is uh, one of the most successful pirates in the top five here. Yeah, uh, which is actually the pirate that we're going to be talking about today, and that's Bartholomew Roberts, who went by the nomenclature of Black Bart. Black Bart. Okay, I, I, I've heard of this individual, but as is very obvious uh, after tonight my uh, pirate knowledge is, is quite limited so. <laughs> <laughs> well that's fun man uh, you know you normally being the history buff this gives me a chance to actually educate you on a couple of things <laughs> which i regularly need no 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 this will work <laughs> this will work all right so uh, bartholomew roberts he was actually uh, born in pembrokeshire wales so he's a welshman okay uh, and it's interesting that he even got the net nomenclature of black bart given that he was actually an anglo i mean he was a he was a white male but his his skin tone was a little bit more tan than most, which by the uh, by their standards they just said, oh okay, he's black. Bart. So that that kind of led to that. Okay, that's exactly right. Uh, he was actually a religious man in his early life, um, and originally worked, believe it or not, on a slave ship. Now at the time, uh, you know, most people when they uh, took to the seas and look uh, and looking for. Um, you know, jobs, as it were. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they would end up kind of low-level hands on slaving ships or okay. something of that nature. Kind of the lowest rung on the uh, shipping totem pole. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And so, you know, that that is where uh, the origin of uh, Bartholomew Roberts begins on this ship when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a crack of thunder, as <laughs> cannons rolled, <laughs> and a ship in the distance raises the black, and yes... It is a pirate ship that comes a calling on this particular ship that Bartholomew Roberts happens to be working on. Unfortunately for the captain, but fortunately for Roberts, uh, this pirate captain is not interested in going around killing everybody on deck. Yeah. He's in the uh, the recruiting business. So he's he's conscripting these people. He's So he's, he's kind of giving them a job opportunity. A lot of pirates actually back in the day, there was kind of this, this sense of like, okay, uh, you know, we, we don't actually want to fight you. 
And at the end of the day, they just want an easy grab. It's a smash yeah. and grab job for them on the seven seas. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in this type of instance, they board, uh, they actually hold his captain trial and they uh, offer him a job, which Roberts does not want to do. <laughs> he does not want to be a pirate. So they say, basically, they make him an awful, he can't refuse. Right. Did they make him walk the plank? Well, no, no, no. See, that's, that's actually, that doesn't happen, man. Walking the plank <laughs> is not actually a thing. That's a, that's a thing of fiction. Most pirates didn't do that. Uh, but no, they, uh, they basically said, you join us or die. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, th- I would have taken the plank. I think. Yeah. <laughs> At least, I don't know. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, th- when your options are that limited, I think you, you, you make a decision that, you know, leads you into the pointy hat and the crow on your shoulder and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. A parrot, you mean? Uh, yeah, a parrot. All that. <laughs> <laughs> Bartholomew Roberts would actually go on to have uh, one of the most successful pirate careers, even though he came in as somebody who was uh, not interested in a life of piracy. Something that spoke to him was this kind of concept of any man can gain power uh, quickly. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened in his career. In fact, he actually commanded several ships as he ended up being elected the captain of, of his crew that was the one that actually threatened him by his own life to join them. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, some of the ships that he, he would go on to captain, the Royal Rover, the Good Fortune, Royal For- Fortune, the Ranger, Little Ranger, um, all of these would be, uh, would be added amongst his fleet. Now, this is a day and age where uh, tobacco trade is is heavy, and so yeah. w- one of the primary things that you see uh, going along these uh, these kind of pirate adventures is when they take a prize, they are going they're going for sugars, they're going for tobacco, they're going for all of these various products. Very rarely, actually, do you actually have kind of this idea of like a golden you know treasure chest or something of yeah, that nature that yeah. we paint in our picture. A lot of times, it's about the goods. They would go in, they'd get in many respects, a lot of tobacco, take it back to shore, then sell it on the shore. Right. And then that's how they would actually make their gold is on the black market. Right. Right. Now, I mentioned already, Black Bart, one of the reasons why I thought he'd be an interesting pirate to kind of look into is because he was a religious man uh, before becoming a pirate. And, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of people like to latch onto that and try to make him into a saint. It's fascinating. Uh, But at the same time, you know, he was definitely a villain. He was definitely a pirate. But his religiousness, his, his Christianity, as it were, kind of comes into play as he was setting the ground rules for what would be his regime on the ship. You know, on the ships. That's really interesting. Yeah, on the ships, the pirates, the pirate captains kind of were these um, elected officials. Like, it's really interesting as you dive into kind of pirate hierarchy, how much it is basically this democracy that's kind of this warped kind of democracy. Okay, now, I'm not familiar with that concept at all. So this is, you've kind of got this environment, I guess, where, you know, the captain has to serve at the will of the the pirates on the ship, because I guess, you know, if it's this balancing act, it's like he's going to be the strong guy. But he's got to take care of his people because if not, they'll they'll just throw him overboard. That well, see, that, not even that. In, in most situations, mutiny was not the case. A lot yeah. of times, it was like, uh, "We don't like what you're doing, so we're going to have a vote to see whether or not you should be captain." Again. Really? I know it takes away some of wow, that. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's a lot of times. That's how it was. Now, if the pirate captain didn't want to let go of his ship, then it would come to mutiny. Right. And, you know, you would see the quote unquote walking the plank, though. Right. Uh, not in the literal sense. Right. Um, but no, he was actually elected in once his pirate captain uh, was killed and and uh, by by a town that they were currently residing in. And, uh, and so once he was elected in, he set forth to make his pirate code. Now, the pirate code that is often kind of uh, acknowledged by a lot of fans of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, there's kind of this idea of this grand code that they bring out this big book and, you know, uh, Keith Richards is the one that's holding the book and he's got the dog there. <laughs> and everything. It's not like that. Although they do reference 
uh, Bartholomew in, in that, uh, in that movie. Uh, in fact, every individual pirate captain has his own code, which all of the crew has to sign their name to. And Bar- really, yeah. Okay. Roberts is really interesting. Why don't you read, uh, go ahead and read, read through some of his code. Yeah, here. sure. Uh, the, number one in his code, it's every man shall have an equal vote in affairs of moment. Uh, he shall have an equal title to the fresh provisions of strong liquor at any time seized. And shall use them at pleasure unless scarcity may make it necessary for the common good that retrenchment may be voted. <laughs> Boy, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, Every man shall be called fairly in turn by the list on board of prizes because over and above their proper share, they are allowed a shift of clothes. Uh, but if they defraud the company or the value of even one dollar of plate, jewels or money, they shall be marooned. Boy, that's 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 heavy uh, heavy punishment. <laughs> if any man rob another, he shall have his nose and ear slit and be put ashore where he shall be uh, sure to encounter hardships. Interesting. All right. So so all right. So it's interesting because they they make mention of a couple of things there, which yeah. of course is the the punishment of being marooned. Now we often have this idea of walking the plank, but in fact the uh, a pretty common uh, punishment was actually being marooned. They'll just leave you on an island. Somewhere. Just leave you on an li- island to fend for yourself with yeah. kind of the understanding that you're probably going to kill yourself or or uh, or yeah. get killed while you're there. Just right. The other thing too is that, you know, there is honor amongst thieves, but only amongst themselves. You know, obviously their entire profession is to steal from others. I think that was the first thing that jumped out at me here is you've got people that, you know, they're they're literally, you know, getting themselves able to eat by stealing from other folks. But if you steal from each other, that that's not acceptable. That's right. Now, <laughs> one of the things that's interesting, and you start to see some of Robert's kind of a Puritan esque background start, uh, shining through here, is what he's what Article Three of the Pirate Code is. Ah, uh, he says none shall game for money either with dice or cards. No gambling on his <laughs> ship. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, a pirate? These are pirates, exactly. And actually, you know, one of the things that was was fairly common amongst pirate ships is gambling. I mean, that was a, a huge yeah, uh, I could part imagine. of the lifestyle. Yeah. So Black Bart, he did not uh, allow him to do that exactly and yeah. again he was able to convince these men to actually sign off on it man that's interesting all right next one. Um, yeah other ones he's got uh the lights and candles should be put out at eight at night and if any of the crew desire to drink after that hour they shall sit up on the open deck without lights so if you want to drink late at night and uh medicate your pain you're going to do it in the dark yep so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is a pirate who, who instigated and enforced a curfew Weird. I know, right? Yeah. Like, he, like that's, again... I now, think I, you know, I just have, again, not well-educated in pirates, obviously, but, like, you, you think of um, this kind of drunken band of just ridiculous marauders that, uh, you know you know, come around and they're, they're just out of control, uh, you know, in part just because they're, you know, maybe intoxicated or overwhelmed with rage or whatever. And, <laughs> right. uh, you know, I don't know. This is just kind of going against that. All right. Now, finally, I want you to jump down to the last one. All right. The musician, <laughs> the musicians shall have rest on the Sabbath day only by right on all other days by favor only. Yes. The band shall not play on the Sabbath. The, so on Sunday, you can't play music. That's right. <laughs> Is this not incredible? It's so weird, man. It, it's just, it, it, for, for one thing, it just kind of baffles the mind because it goes yeah. against kind of what the narrative of piracy that we've kind of come to understand is. But at the same time, that's because this does go against a lot of what you see in articles that are passed down sure. uh, from various pirate codes, from various captains out there. Now, one thing that is common, uh, although it's mentioned differently in other pirate codes, is, you know, when you mentioned his uh, his mentioning of the, the curfew and, and putting out the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of that that is where you would actually see other pirates talk specifically about tobacco. 
okay. um, in that there's not to be any tobacco below deck because of the fact right. that that is where the gun cannon is, or the guns and the, the gunpowder is actually kept. Yeah, it'd be a really dangerous, even just the the wood of the ship itself it would just be a tinderbox. Yeah, so he, he kind of uh, painted in a broad brushstroke there as, as he was, you know, shutting down all, all fun of any kind. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it is something that you would you would constantly see there. Golly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the... So they, they, they can't play music on uh, on Sunday, but they can uh, they can they can steal tobacco. Isn't it interesting that pirates <laughs> would have musicians? That's crazy. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I guess so. And obviously people that were kind of designated to do that thing as, as almost a job because, uh, you know, the, obviously they're giving them a break. It's not like, you know, if you have a big crew of people, it's like, hey, you want to pull your guitar out? Yeah, I'll pull my guitar out. No, it's not like that. Roberts is interesting because he he's kind of sandwiched between two uh, different other pirates in terms of the legacy that he's part of. Okay. Uh, what I mean by that is that the man that recruited him, the pirate that actually whose ship uh, he originally joined, was a man named Hal Davis, who was okay. A, okay. Uh, a successful pirate in his own right. Um, he's a little bit more of the the most flamboyantly traditional pirates that you might imagine, just kind yeah. of the Johnny Depp esque, you know. Oh, what's your name, love? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> Going into town with my lavish robes and. Uh, for strong drink and hello ladies you know that that that's essentially He's the got, pirate that got he was. the whole package yeah. that's what davis was so very different of course than roberts yeah and then also his quartermaster who would go on to betray him was also a, a pirate of, of notable fame which is walter kennedy walter okay walter kennedy an irishman uh interestingly enough uh betrayed roberts uh, while they were uh, off at uh, on some island, they were dealing with this kind of internal struggle. Um, some ship goes by. Roberts wants to go take it. He takes 40 of his men and one of his ships out to go get it. Oh. In the meantime, Kennedy stands back and says, hey, who wants to do this still? Okay, you, 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 you're all with me. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Some of you guys are black. Y'all go over there. He wow. took all of the pirates that, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was the other way around. He's like, who wants out of this? And everybody that raised his hand, who was not black, went with Kennedy. Golly. And he took all of them. And then the other ship, which was about 50% African and 50% uh, Anglo, took the other ship and returned to piracy. Kennedy would then go on. He would take a couple more prizes and then retire owning a brothel. Roberts and the <laughs> remaining crew that were uh, that were left behind uh, swore his name and said they would never trust an Irishman again in the, their life. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Golly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, interestingly what enough. What a snake. He turned his back on him. I'm telling you, man. It's just, it, and extremely racist. And was, even and was a time, racist. Right. Which was saying. <laughs> it's terrible. So, interestingly enough, you know, he was a unique character yeah. in the midst of the, the people around him. No kidding. But, all right. So, he operated in this uh, triangular trade of, uh, well, the triangular trade. And, you know, we've made reference to this kind of in this era. And that's in the kind of late 1600s, early 1700s. And the flow of trade, which you typically saw with sugar, tobacco, and cotton uh, going to Europe, uh, textiles, rum, and manufacturing goods going to Africa. And then, of course, you know, in- enslaved Africans going to America. Yeah, kind of that, uh, well, yeah, triangular trade. That's a, going back to, I'm thinking the like early high school history class kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think it takes that's, you back. There, yeah, right? where where we kind of first started learning. And about so that. you know, if you think about Roberts and kind of the space that he operated, it was right in between America, the Americas, and Africa. So he was constantly going in, and he was you know getting these prizes of sugar and tobacco, and then also in in the in you know uh, in, in for the slave ships, he was going in and and you know yes, freeing some of those slaves and actually 
putting him as part of his ship, but he was no saint. I mean, the pirates actually did trade in slaves as yeah, well. So yeah, I mean, just like everyone else, they were right? they were villains in, in in the in the truest sense, and and all across the way, even this you know religious man who lets his musicians off on the Sabbath. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and no gambling. One last thing that I want to make mention of that I, <laughs> I know I, hanging out with women that do. Yeah, 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 that exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, one of the last things I want to make mention of uh, Roberts and, and specifically this era um, is something that I, I kind of noticed as I was doing a little bit of a research, and that's the uh, the T- Tobacco Inspection Act of uh, 1730. Now, this is interesting to me because it kind of jumped out at my attention given what we just talked about last week and the day and age that we live in where tobacco is kind of going through this new or are being looked at through a lens of kind of new rigorous re- regulations. Yeah, sure. And interestingly enough, to, to my knowledge, in America, the earliest uh, the earliest kind of sense of something like this was back in 1730, which was the Tobacco Inspection Act. Okay. Very different goals here. The goal back then was that they wanted to make sure that the tobacco was, was, you know, really quality stuff. I mean, if you, you know, had a trade ship that was, uh, you know, taken by pirates and you're like, oh, well, you know, we only, we were able to save some of the tobacco. Maybe we'll just stuff some spinach in there or something <laughs> like that. The goal behind this was to put it through a rigorous product or process to make sure that it was actually of, you know, substantial quality and, and met what people were actually looking for. Boy, that's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was curious though, if, if you were familiar with that. No, all. I'm not. No. That might, it might be something to kind of dig into in, in the future. But, um, but one thing I thought uh, was interesting that around this exact same time uh, was when that, that first regulation entered into the, uh, the history of yeah, tobacco no in the Americas. Uh, far-reaching impact, it says, uh, in part because it gave warehouses the power to destroy substandard crops and issue bills of exchange that uh, served as currency, blah, blah, blah. But it sounds like uh, the, the product was kind of under the microscope. Now, yeah. Obviously, for different reasons then, you know, they wanted to make sure it was uh, you know, high quality uh, tobacco. I guess now they just uh, you know uh, don't want us to have any fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, you know same song, different tune, or something of that nature. Yeah, 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 something of that nature. But um, anyway, yeah. So there you go, Man, Bartholomew Black- Roberts and uh, pipe tobacco in his day and age. But Black Bart, yeah. Black Bart. I mean that that is that is fascinating. I, I'm glad to know more about uh, piracy. <laughs> just, well, what it's was just an area I just don't know a lot about, man. And, and when you think of like pirates, you, you invariably will eventually come to that that pipe hanging out of their mouth. You know, I, I, I do. Yeah, no, I mean, like there's there's a, there is a romantic image of you know the pirate who's smoking the pipe and, and be it on the deck of his ship or yeah. perhaps in his own cabin. You know, uh, you, you think about these kind of uh, 17th century ships and kind of the the lavish captain's ca- you know cabin sure, and everything and sure. the, the big table with the map on it and the compass and he's sitting there smoking his pipe interestingly enough that imagery doesn't exist for pirates in reality because yeah. pirates themselves would typically clear out the captain's cabin like it was generally more of like all right you know even that deck on the back of the ship kind of that balcony looking yeah. thing you often yeah, yeah. see they would cut that off the ship to make it more you know quick to kind of make it faster while it was uh, on the o- ocean okay okay you know again there was a democracy element to piracy. Yeah. The, the captain was very much a member of the crew and really only had kind of almost an imperial presence in battle. And huh. beyond that, everything else went to a vote. That's interesting. Yeah. So the idea of a captain living too lavish on his own ship was likely to get you voted out or mutiny. <laughs> 
But I bet you could still smoke tobacco in there. I, I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. We know no matter where you might be on the seven seas or back here at home on uh, nice dry ground, you know, one of the nice things is you want a good quality smoke. You want something that's going to be quality no matter where you are. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's some uh, some great quality pipes that you can find from our good friends. At Missouri Meerschaum. At Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> that's right. This week we're fe- featuring the uh, Morgan Corn Cob. Now, is that Captain Morgan? Uh, it, it, it could be. It could be. I can't <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Morgan corn cob, I think, goes well with Captain Morgan. Mm. Uh, mm. And, and if you're me, uh, probably some Diet Coke, which eventually, which immediately uh, brings uh, brings my stature down to quite a few of our <laughs> listeners. Right. Uh, yeah, Morgan corn cob. It's a uh, just a, a wonderful little cob pipe uh, by our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Uh, think of a, um, a a small apple shaped pipe. Uh, if you're familiar with the Savinelli shapes, I always compare it to the 207 Savinelli Ooh, uh, yeah. because it's a small. Uh, uh, apple-shaped pipe, just a little straight pipe, and uh, perfect for your pocket. It's got a real nice uh, light weight to it, and uh, just a small to medium-sized bowl that uh, you know will uh, really come through in a pinch. So mm-hmm. it's one of those uh, just real nice classic shapes. Uh, I kind of think Popeye a little bit when I when I see this pipe. Okay, um, yeah. You know, I when as I have gotten more familiar over the years with Missouri Meerschaum's uh, you know lineup, I, this is this is kind of in my mind a, a Popeye pipe. I don't I don't know. I can kind of see that. So, uh, but the Morgan Cobb, uh, great, and uh, particularly for the value, uh, it, it, it you just can't beat it at uh, a price point of around five dollars. So, um, excellent pipe. Uh, our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum, uh, be sure to check that out. It comes in a couple finishes. Uh, you'll have the uh, natural finish and the polished finish that uh, you know has, of course, the uh, the amber stem. So, and hey, take a picture of yourself smoking your Morgan and uh, retweet that to us, or tweet that to us, and we'll retweet that out. Good thanks to the folks at Missouri Meerschaum for making this show happen, and thank you for supporting them. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week this week comes in from listener Jay, who says, It's a good one. Do you know if sugar in pipe tobacco has an effect on your blood glucose levels? Uh, or is it burned off somehow? Uh, or maybe it's not the type of sugar. That's an interesting point. I'm just assuming that sugar <laughs> is added because it's sweet. Uh, do they add sugar? Uh, is that what Cavendish is? 
So a lot of great questions. A lot of questions within one question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and and it, particularly if you're a, a you know if you're a diabetic, this would be a kind of kind of important. I hey, you know, I, I can think of somebody <laughs> that we both know who that's uh, top of mind for. That's, who's also a major pipe smoker. That's right. That's right. We do have uh, quite a few uh, people uh, that are diabetics that shop here at the Country Squire and uh, and are also heavy tobacco users. And you know what's interesting is they have not experienced any kind of. Uh, you know, side effect from the sugar in pipe tobaccos. Now, all tobacco has some kind of sugar, right? So you've got uh, natural sugars that uh, occur in these tobaccos. Obviously, some have more and less than others. You know, these real bright Virginias, a lot mm. of times they tend to bite your tongue a little bit because of the, the natural sugar in the tobacco. But uh, Cavendish actually is a fermented tobacco. And so you've got uh, tobacco leaves, burley, and, uh, and, and Virginias that are uh, that are fermented. And, and a lot of times, you know, they will have a sweetness to it. It generally is a natural sweetness, but Cavendish is so good uh, at, at being paired with uh, different syrups and, and sugars oh, and yeah, through, the, yeah. through the casing process. And so uh, there is unflavored Cavendish that will have natural sugar in it. But then oftentimes, and, and most of the Cavendish you'll see on the market today, uh, certainly sold by itself, is going to be sweetened with, uh, with some kind of topping or casing. So um, so, so anyway, Cavendish uh, generally, you know, at least in our market, has a lot of uh, a lot of sugar in it. Um, you know, I, I, we have uh, several customers that and, and good friends that that are uh, type one and type two diabetics mm-hmm. that um, you know that are again regular tobacco users. They have never uh, mentioned anything to me about having a uh, any kind of reaction to. Uh, to the sugar level. And so uh, I, I would, I, I, as far as I know, I, I haven't found any research out there on this. Um, you know, I would love to know if anyone else uh, in our listener uh, group kind of has any idea about, about where that is. But uh, as far as the folks, I, I kind of checked with a few of them before we did this show tonight and just wanted to make sure um, what their experience was. And they, they have never had any issues as far as, uh, you know, blood glucose, blue, glucose level, uh, you know, being affected by the, um, by the uh, sugar in the tobacco. So I don't know, maybe it is burned off. Always best to err on the safe side. Yeah. One way or the other. But yeah, I'm curious to hear some of our, our diabetic listeners and, and what y'all's experience has been. Yeah, I, I'd be real interested to hear that. Yeah. So particularly, I would think if you're an aromatic tobacco smoker, um, you know, if you're if you smoke aromatic tobaccos and, um, you know, have to regularly, you know, monitor your blood sugar level, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's your experience there? Is that something you have to keep in mind or, you know, have you switched to a different type of tobacco because you feel like it affects you in a certain way? Or, um, you know, I know we've probably got listeners out there that, um, you know, have at least it's crossed their mind before. So. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to hear from you on that. Yeah. Excellent question, Jay. And hey, if you got a pipe question of the week, send it in CSR at Pottery dot com. Quickfire with the Squire. All right, quickfire questions come in from Barge. Barge! The Pipe Pirate. Hey, man. That's a good day to have a Pipe Pirate send in some quickfire questions. And he, Load the cannons! Raise the mainsail! <laughs> he, 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 he wanted to make sure earlier that you knew also that your, uh, your Scottish accent was lacking. Oi, well, then I should tell Barge <laughs> then that he should... I, 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 he's a pirate, so I don't know. I, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, yeah, I, I do have these. All right, so you ready for this? Yeah, bring it. Oprah or Michael Jordan? The queen of television versus the king of the court. What What kind of question is that? Michael Jordan? I mean, like, it's hard to know exactly how to compare them. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it, in, what, in what question? Exactly. It, Michael Jordan. 
Uh, you know, if Michael Jordan hadn't had that swing and a miss that was his baseball career, I'd give it to him. I forgot about that. But uh, Oprah, I mean, you know, lover or hater, she bats a thousand. So I'm going to have to give it to Oprah. <laughs> not to give it to, to O. Shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? The SMH. SMH, oh, right. Gosh. <laughs> Harrison Ford or John Malkovich? Uh, Harrison Ford. John Malkovich is... Brilliant, but yeah, Harrison Ford. Again, yeah. he bats a thousand. John Malkovich, as much as I love him, he's had some he's all I'm sorry, John Malkovich is always incredible, but sometimes he's incredible in the wrong role. <laughs> and that's what I have to say about that. Okay, yeah, fair. John, uh Harrison Ford. Uh John C. Riley or Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn. Hipster. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Vince Vaughn. John C. Riley, man. <laughs> he's a he's a chameleon. He can uh, he can do uh, he can do it at all. Vince Vaughn, not so much. He's funny, but that's about it. He's funny. Ferris Bueller's Day Off or Blues Brothers? That's not fair. I, that is not a fair question. I'm going to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, for me, I think it just it took up more uh, space in my early year narrative. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. The, both both are very good. I don't watch a lot of movies. Everyone knows that. Uh, I have seen both of these, and uh, I have to go with I have to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, they're both cult classics. Yeah. I, Ferris Bueller's Day Off has Ben Stein in it. Yeah, but <laughs> Blues Brothers has Carrie Fisher, and you always forget about that. That's that's true. You, everybody always forgets that Carrie Fisher's in that film, and she is. Um, plus, there's that dance number when they're. In the, I gotta go Blues Brothers. <laughs> I gotta go Blues Brothers. I love I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but you, you gotta go Blues Brothers. That's fair. Uh, plus, the soundtrack is is one of the greatest soundtracks in the history of film. In terms of like a, an assembled soundtrack, you know what I mean? Like not yeah. not an original score, but yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of assembled music. Oh, so good. I, I hope at some point in my life to do a Blues Brothers reenactment on stage with you. There's the, oh, <laughs> oh, that es- that escalated quickly. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And no, it won't, sir. Oh, I, I love it. But that's not, no, but I do. I do love the Blues. All right, so man, great quick fire questions. Those Varge. are great. Thanks, Varge. The pipe pirate keeps on sending in his greatest. But hey, you can go ahead and send in some to us as well. CSR at potisteri.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Now we got some great listener feedback, but first we want to tell you about the folks over at thispipelife.com. Yeah, man. Proud sponsors of the show. Absolutely. Thispipelife.com, a brand new community uh, of online like-minded individuals such as yourself who That's are right. into the uh, pipes and pipe tobacco and the community that surrounds it. That's right. You know, one of the things that we can say, and we can say this with confidence, is the people that are creating thispipelife.com, they get it. They are they are pipe minded people. They are tobacco minded people. Uh, they get this unique intersection of kind of pipes and culture and kind of a, an elegance and a richness. They also understand uh, the fact that, you know, we live in very much a, a day and age where we like to see the product. We like kind of a tangible nature to it. And That's so right. That's when you right. go into that community, you're going to get bombarded in a good way with all of these pictures and experiences and uh, are really just a beautiful way to kind of engage with uh, the, the pipe community as a whole and each other. It's real sensory. Absolutely. I, I love it because it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful side. It's very immersive. It gives you the opportunity to use a lot of different uh, both social media aspects, but also mm-hmm. connect with other uh, you know other other uh, people that are from all over the world in, involved in this and. Uh, you know, this pipe life, it's, it's this new community based, you know, obviously for pipe smokers, but, uh, it feels like something that, you know, someone created, uh, you know, for, for us, for people, uh, living in our day and age. And it, it feels really great. So, uh, we highly encourage you to check out thispipelife.com. 
and uh, register. And I believe they might still be giving away a few of those Stanwell pipes, which uh, I could be wrong on that. I would, I'll take that out. I'm not yeah. 100% sure on that. Okay, I'm not sure on that. But um, <laughs> but I know for a while they were. Uh, but anyway, uh, check out thispipelife.com and uh, be sure to interact with some uh, other pipe lovers from across the world. All right, man. Listener feedback. We got a YouTube comment from Norman Williams regarding last week's show. It says, uh, thank you for the information, sir, meaning yourself. Question, are they going to regulate the pipe itself as well? Yeah, interesting question. I have not uh, heard anything about regulating the pipe itself. Now, you know, where you're bumping into this more often, both uh, here locally and then also in other other parts of the world, is is that it, it, it has kind of become a local issue on that. So, really? Be, yeah, because a lot of folks, um, you know, in certain communities, they're trying to get, um, you know, illegal drugs out of the hands of young youths and that kind of thing. Uh, th- there are some communities that have adopted ordinances that basically say, you know, you can't, um, if you're, if your, uh, you know, shop has any kind of um, tobacco, uh, you know, instrument that helps you, you know, consume tobacco like this, it, you cannot let certain age people in the shop kind Interesting. of thing. They're so, trying to get at us to get at the marijuana. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's that kind of thing. So, Again, that's um, a Mississippi thing. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. southernism deal, and, and I know it's happened in some other communities too. So, um, you know, but as far as the FDA, the, you know, federal regulations that were, uh, you know, just, just come down, and, uh, you know, as far as I'm aware, and I've read through a lot of stuff, uh, it mentions nothing about the pipe. Yeah. Huh. All right. Good stuff. Uh, and thanks so much for that feedback as well, uh, Norman, and, and sending in that question. Uh, Pastor Pipes also on Twitter said regarding the interview with uh, Cornell and Deal, Jeremy Reeves. Yeah. He says, uh, man, this was awesome. Two epic guys in the world of tobacco. I could easily listen to another 30 minutes of y'all's conversation. And uh, and seeing Bo do his magic on the side was a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> what magic is he talking about? No, no, no. I, uh, yeah, yeah. So when we did the, the Chicago Pipe Show, yeah. uh, while you were... were handling these excellent interviews uh, i was still in the shot unfortunately i was like the the largest thing in the shot which because the way the angle oh were you over there like doing all the mixing doing, and stuff or yeah, what, whatever yeah, yeah. yeah okay uh, doing all the mixing and stuff uh, i don't think i spilled anything I, <laughs> I may have spilled stuff i can't quite remember but I, I may have spilled a beer but no no so i was working you did much. i forgot about that yeah, that was dang. great yeah I thought, I thought that was right oh well that's awesome all right so we also got an itunes review and you want to take that one yeah uh jim aka vrod on iTunes. He says, love the show. I finally figured out how to operate my iPhone so I could get the podcasts. Really enjoy the show so far. Uh, The top three English blends was interesting. I was lucky enough to grow up in the heyday of pipe smoking, middle 70s to the late 80s. Also lucky enough to call Peter, Eric's father, my friend. I was in the tobacco business for about 12 years. I have some wonderful stories and made some great friendships. I'm also originally from Chicago. Wish I could go with you guys up there this year. Who knows? Maybe I'll win the lottery just in time. <laughs> hope to shop and uh, hope to stop by the shop before you guys leave. Uh, thanks again for a great show. See you soon. And uh, again, that's from Jim, aka Vrod, on iTunes. Uh, man, awesome! Sounds like uh, you got a, some got some um, you know backstory with the Stokeby family. And um, man, just uh, uh, been in the industry for for quite a while. Uh, real familiar with uh, pipe smoking and tobaccos. So, uh, Jim, we appreciate you for writing in, man. Uh, we also got some uh, comments on the old Twitter here. We got Ryan Auden, uh, Auden Ryan on Twitter, who says, uh, tonight's episode is one of the best topics I enjoy listening to. Uh, thanks for the entertainment tonight, guys. Love the show. Also, what pipe is that in JD's hand? That is a Bing's favorite. That is my um, infamous uh, favorite pipe. I, I, <laughs> I talk about this pipe so much, and uh, it's made by Savinelli. Uh, this is a Savinelli product, obviously. They're, we're trying to mimic the shape that Bing Crosby 
um, smoked with. But obviously, you'll have a lot of other, uh, you know, companies and really artisan pipe carvers that have made their own rendition of a bing. Um, but uh, I love this shape. It's very dear to me. It uh, is just long enough to kind of cool the smoke down. And uh, I just don't have enough good things to say about it. Varge also tweets in, who's watching live, he says, archaeologists have found many pipes at pirate sites, uh, but not cups. They think they drink from the bottle and not from Dixie cups. So <laughs> cheers to you cheers. and our Dixie cups that we have here. Mm. Yo ho ho and a Dixie cup full of scotch. Full of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> we really should have done rum tonight. Really I know, should've. I know. It's okay. Hey, it's uh it's a beverage of choice here at Country Squire Radio. <laughs> we want to thank everybody who is tuning in live here at CountrySquireRadio.com. Of course, we broadcast live every single Monday night. You can find us 6 30 p.m. Central Time. That's 4 30 Pacific, 7 30 Eastern. Uh you can also follow us on Twitter at Squire Radio. Uh you can follow us individually at the Real Bow York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country squire links to all that and more can be found at country radio.com wait well, hey, uh, one last thing before we uh do the official sign off and that is yeah uh, sure. uh, again just a reminder if you are part of a pipe club uh if you are the leader of a pipe club if you're in a pipe shop and you want to have a pipe club and, and need an excuse to get folks together tune in for the live show we'd really love to have you guys and like i said mm-hmm. in the very near future we'll be putting together a show specifically to help you guys drive community drive information and share ideas uh to help pipe clubs all over over the country. Yeah. Uh, that is our goal with that particular show as we kind of build up to it and we encourage you to do so. So uh, just one last plea before we sign off here. Yeah, that's exciting. We'll, we'll have a, hopefully a lot of uh, interaction there, but there's so much to learn. There's, you know, interesting uh, things that pipe clubs are doing here and there. And if we kind of have a, you know, hub to share some of these uh some of these ideas with, I think that'll go a long way. Man, pirates. Yeah, man, pirates. I got to educate you on some hist- <laughs> and some history here tonight. You, you did, you did. I, I, I was, that. I was very unaware. I think I, I, maybe I missed that class in college. I don't no, know. No, they don't teach piracy. Not at Mississippi State. <laughs> no, I don't think they teach piracy at <laughs> most places. But hey, man, let's go have a night. See you, brother. listening to Country Squire Radio. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.